again, everyone, and welcome to Daily in the Word once again as we finish out in John chapter 2 today. We'll be reading from verses 13 through 25. And before we get started with that, I want to encourage you in your Bible reading in this way today. As you're reading the text of Scripture, it is best to focus on the content that you do understand and not so much the things that you're reading that you don't understand. A lot of times our focus gets eaten up into, boy, I don't understand what's being said there. But instead of focusing on that, our goal in Bible reading is to focus on the things that you do understand. And usually there's plenty there. There's plenty of commands to obey. There's promises to believe in. There are just ways to worship the Lord that we understand when we read the text, and instead to focus on the things that we don't understand and and to let that bog down our time and our attention and our energy really does a disservice to our time in the Word of God. So I would encourage you just to let those things that you don't understand go by the wayside and focus on the things that you do understand. Now, as you're reading the text throughout the years of your lifetime, you will come back to passages of Scripture that didn't make sense before, and then today, and then another time in the future, they do make sense. But let me also say this. When you come to a passage and there's something that you don't understand, and it's just eating your lunch, and it's hard to get past, then jot it down. And I just encourage you to take those questions to your pastor. I know as a pastor, I love it when people in my congregation ask me a question about something that they're reading. First, it lets me know that they're in their Bibles, and and that's a wonderful thing for a pastor to know. It just encourages my heart to know that someone is in the Word of God, and and they've come up on something that they're struggling with, and, and they come and they ask about it. And so there are times where I can provide an easy answer. There are times where I have to admit I don't understand that passage easily myself. And it's just a matter of saying, hey, let's focus on the things that we do understand, because there's plenty there in that way. Now, for today's text, John chapter 2, verse 13, let's open up our Bibles and read from this passage right now. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Verse 18, the Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, Many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. 
He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person or each man. Now this portion of scripture, this is early in the ministry of Jesus. This is the first of two times where we see Jesus going into the temple courts and overturning the tables and and really making a scene here for the people who had been corrupting the temple courts area, the temple area, and using it as a way to make money. And more than just making money, they were using it as a way to scam people, to take advantage of people, and, and so forth. And this is the second time it happens. One more time, the accounts in Matthew and Mark record it the second time that he does this, and that's in his third year of ministry later on. This is during the time of Passover, and and we see that this is the first of three Passovers that Jesus attends. Again, we see it in chapter 6, verse 4 of John, and then in chapters 11 through 13, we see Jesus once again going to Passover in Jerusalem. Passover was that yearly celebration festival time when they celebrated their deliverance from bondage to Egypt. And the temple courts that John refers to here, he's talking about this area around the actual tabernacle. It's a large area, open area, that was referred to as, or was officially called, the Court of the Gentiles. And in this Court of the Gentiles, they would set up space. And and by the way, the Gentiles could not go any further than this court of the Gentiles. They could not go into the tabernacle itself. And in this large open space, they, they set up tables. They basically rationalized the idea that we're here to provide a convenience for all the people coming to the temple area for these sacrificial services. And People would bring their animals, and and so these religious leaders would say, well, your animal doesn't qualify, you have to buy one of ours. And out of that, they would make a huge amount of profit there. The money changers were those who were uh, helping people exchange their money from foreign currencies to the currency that was used there at the temple. And of course, they were overcharging them and taking advantage of these travelers who would come great distances to make a sacrifice at the temple. And then these corrupt people would then take advantage of them because they weren't going to, what, turn back and go back home and try another animal next time or try to find an exchange of money somewhere else. And so they really took advantage of the people there. And Jesus recognizing this, and because of his zeal, the text says in in verse 17, zeal for your house will consume me. And so this was one of the charges that they brought at the feet of Jesus when it was time for him to be judged and for him to go to the cross was this idea that he claimed he would destroy the temple or that he could rebuild the temple in three days and And of course, Jesus was referring to his body, a reference to the resurrection, that no one, even his disciples, understood at the time that he was saying that it it took Jesus being crucified, buried, and risen from the dead before the disciples kind of put two and two together and like, oh, that's what Jesus was referring to. Now, the temple that they were at, this is actually Herod's temple. There were two temples. There was Solomon's temple that was originally built, of course, by Solomon. 
and then that was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians before they went into their 70 years of captivity. And then Zerubbabel returned later and rebuilt the temple. And this temple, it was Zerubbabel's temple was more simple, more plain, not not nearly as glorious as Solomon's temple. And so King Herod decided around the year 20 or 19 BC to rebuild the temple and remodel the temple. And so that's what these men are referring to. These Jewish leaders are referring to this 46 years to build it would have been around the time of 20 BC going to 19 BC, going to around 27, 28 AD during the time when Jesus was doing this, where he was ministering. And so that's the reference to the 46 years. Actually, work on the temple would continue until 63 AD, and then it was destroyed in 69 and 70 AD by Rome. Now, Jesus goes on after this incident in the temple. In verse 23, it says that now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. Uh, No doubt there were some who were genuine conversions at this point, people who accepted Jesus as Messiah at this point, but many of them, perhaps maybe the overwhelming majority of them, this was a temporary faith. It was not a a faith based in their understanding of of who Jesus was. They were, again, looking for a political ruler, a military ruler who would come and take the throne in Jerusalem once again, overthrow Rome and drive them out and reestablish the Davidic kingdom in a way that Israel and the Jewish nation would rule basically over the rest of the world, would be the power of the world once again, forever and ever. That's not what Jesus came to do. And so he understood, verse 24, could not entrust himself to them because their faith was not sufficient. Their faith was the the knowledge of what they were believing in was not sufficient. And Jesus knew the hearts of man. He knew what was in their hearts. We see that completely just in the next two chapters. Verses 23 through 25 kind of give us a preview of what's to come in chapter 3 and chapter 4, where Jesus meets with Nicodemus, and then in chapter 4, the woman at the well And he knows what's in their heart. He knows what they're thinking. He knows the struggles that they're having spiritually, the questions that they have, and what's at the heart of those questions. And so Jesus saw beyond the superficial to see people's hearts, and Jesus knows man's heart. He knows our heart. Just as he knew then, he knows now what is in our heart. And so verse 25 sets up what's coming next, the conversation with Nicodemus. He did not need any testimony about man, for he knew what was in man's heart. He knew what was in each man, each person, as the NIV translates that. And then chapter 3, verse 1, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, And so chapter 2 flows right into chapter 3, and of course we're going to get into chapter 3 next time here on Daily in the Word. Lord, we thank you so much again for your word. We thank you for this concern that Jesus had for the temple, the purity of the temple, and, and the worship, the prayer that took place at the temple, and how Jesus wanted to guard 
that for the sake of his Father, for the glory, for the honor of his Father at the temple. May we have that mindset that we would want to guard the temple. Help us to know that today the temple is not a building. It is our bodies, that our bodies have become the residing place for the Holy Spirit, that it is no longer a building. It is our own bodies that have become the temple. Our bodies are now the house of God. So, Lord, I I pray that we would remember to honor you in in the choices that we make, the, the actions that we take, the words that we speak. May we honor you with how we use these bodies of ours, these temples that belong to you. Lord, we do belong to you. You are the ruler and the one who reigns over our temples, our bodies. So, Lord, may we honor you with the, with the way that we live with our bodies. Lord, we also recognize that you know man's heart. You know my heart. And you know the sincerity or the lack of sincerity, the authentic or the lack of authentic. Lord, you know the motivations of my heart, whether they be pure you know the, the evil that resides in my mind and in my heart. Lord, may I be ever honest with you in, in the dealings of what's going on in my head. Help me to not play the games that can happen when we try to play church or try to be something that we're not or pretend around other people that I am something when I know I'm not. Help me to be genuine in those relationships I have around me. Lord, help me to remember that you have forgiven all of my sin, even the ones that reside in the deepest, darkest parts of my mind and heart. You have forgiven me. You have paid the penalty for me. And oh Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, thank you again for this word of God that is alive and is powerful and help me to apply what I've learned today, the things that I know, the things that I understand from your word. Help me to put it to use, and thank you for it. Thank you for all that you have done in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now again, I thank you for listening to this day's edition of Daily in the Word. I pray that you'll keep hanging in there with us. We'll be in John chapter 3 next time. I look forward to that. I encourage you to, once again, invite family and friends to come and join us on this journey, on this adventure. And it really is, every time we open up the Word of God, it's an adventure into seeing and to understanding what God has in store for us in His Word. These are the very words of God, and we look forward to getting into them. See you again next time now on Daily in the Word.